Imitate the carpenter, Dad would tell me. Measure twice, but cut once. It's easier to make it right in the beginning than to fix it in the end. During his retirement to an old country home in Idaho, Dad enjoyed working in a shop in his barn-like garage. There he turned out a variety of carefully crafted wood creations, mostly small pieces of furniture, and the best rocking horses sold anywhere on Proud Dad. He also created fun things, puzzles, the type of mind-challenging toys that took far more time to produce than he could ever sell for a profit. On my desk sits a block of wood that easily fits in the palm of my hand. It is carefully sanded with the inside scooped out in an L shape and has a small black wood tack pressed into the soft pine so that the tack is sitting as if it has a roof over its head. On this keepsake from my dad are the hand-painted words, Tax Shelter. He sometimes recovered the cost when he sold his work, but mostly he gave the handmade creations away. His aim wasn't to make money, it's to make other people happy, he'd say. Although naturally shy as a boy and as a young man, in his later years, Dad ended up being a good speaker in church and other public meetings. But the way he lived his life were sermons people recall today. In his treatment of others, he tried to emulate the carpenter of Nazareth. He would often remind me that if a man did that, he could never go wrong. How many beams do you think he crafted, son, over the course of his youth and adult life, working with Joseph in Nazareth? How many beams for building houses do you think Jesus made, helped erect? Quite a few, I suppose, I answered. Strange, isn't it, that he made wooden beams for a livelihood, and that in the end he was nailed to a wooden beam. I wonder what he thought. I was stunned by the idea. Another carpenter, one in Jerusalem, with his plane in his shop, would shave rough beams for a cross, then supply them to the Romans for the execution. And to one such beam, the master carpenter, the son of God, would be cruelly nailed. How ironic that a wooden beam such as he had fashioned so many times with his own hands should one day receive the nails that pierced those hands. Given Jesus' growing awareness of his mission and the awful events that would lead to his death, it must have crossed his mind that he would give his life on a wooden cross shaped by another man's hands. The irony held me spellbound then as it does now. So, he understands us after all, I said. I suppose he does, Dad answered. Dad took pride in his handiwork and felt the Lord honored the honest work men and women do with their hands. Dad simply did his best to imitate the master carpenter, not wanting to give the recipients of his work anything less than his personal best from his shop. Dad wasn't unusual in wanting to do that. It's a common thing for a man to want to do his best, especially when his work is going to be on public display. But taking pride in what he created provided a great example for me that honest work is worthwhile and that the care we take in what we do is the extension of our character. That is why Dad took care to make sure to leave no detail undone. The edges of his creations were always smooth so no child or adult would ever get a splinter. The components of stools, chairs, rocking horses, and the puzzles all fit perfectly. Why? Because his work carried his name and his love to its recipient. He delivered more than carefully crafted work out of his small carpenter shop on 20th Street in Hayburn, Idaho. Those pieces also carried a message. I'm not sure Dad gave much conscious thought to his work being a message, but whenever any of us received one of his finely crafted toys or a piece of carefully finished furniture, which Mom also enjoyed helping him build, the gift really said, Here it is, not much, but my best. I love you. Simple, straightforward. The look of joy and the pride on his face when each of us would inspect his work was obvious. It was paying off. 
His tools mostly sit idle nowadays, used only occasionally by one of the younger sons or mom. They stand waiting for the carpenter to return. But I'm sure if he could, he'd be turning out handy items to decorate his friends' and family members' homes, gifts to brighten their lives. Those he created and dispersed remain a silent testimony to what he taught us so well. Imitate the carpenter. Measure twice. Cut once. <laughs>